Uh, g'day team, Geordie here with the Two Towers podcast, a Middle Earth strategy battle game podcast, that's wrong. Mm. <laughs> I just realised that too. <laughs> but we're going to leave that in. G'day team, welcome to the Two Towers podcast, a Middle Earth strategy battle game podcast. I'm Geordie. And I'm Albert, and this is episode 12. 12. And we're, we're doing a, something a little different, we're getting a bit sentimental today. We are. It's, yeah. well, you know, we are coming up to the one-year anniversary. It, it would be pretty close. Maybe yeah. like by the time this is released, it might yeah. even be all the way there. Yeah, yeah I think so. so. I think so. So it's as good a time as any to take a moment and mm. reflect. Take some breaths. Reflect on how, yeah, how we started, what we're doing, where we're going, yeah. what's happening. But before we do any reflections, I think we should probably start with a big thank you. A big old thank you Yeah, to you guys. To you, dear listener, uh, I never thought in a million years that we would have more than three listeners. <laughs> we made it all the way to five, so we're really <laughs> nah. exceeding expectations. No, but, it, no, but honestly, it's it's really uh, been terrific. The reception yeah. generally to the podcast and, yeah. and like the numbers we're getting, it's pretty yeah. good to be honest. Uh, it's it's far in excess of anything that I thought. Um, would ever happen. Yeah. When we started. Um, and so, yeah, look, look, thanks guys. It's really cool. And up until this point, I don't think we've really, you know, broken that fourth wall and gen- yeah. genuinely reached out to the audience, right? Yeah. No, we haven't. Because I think we wanted to, uh, when we started the, the podcast, we had this intention to just let it evolve. Yes. And yep. we didn't want to start with a, like a, who's who and this Mm -hmm. is like welcome this is who we are this is our hobby journey like we wanted to we wanted to kind of unravel that story as we went to talk yeah like you'll got you you guys will know probably at this stage more or less our our online personalities (laughs) anyway like you you figured that out through the episodes we didn't want to just stand there for an hour and tell you yeah how we think it's going to be like (laughs) who wants to listen to (laughs) exactly um but i guess yeah with the with that out of the way, I guess let's sort of maybe explain what we wanted from the start and yeah. I guess if we think we did it well enough or right or... Well, I mean, the ultimate test will be uh, you, the listener, telling us whether we got it right. But <laughs> if, if we think back to, to when we first sat down at... Um, I'm thinking of... We were sitting around my kitchen table and yeah. I had my laptop out and I was taking notes and I'm pretty sure that we've never looked back on those notes. However... No. What we did discuss at that time was the fact that we wanted to have a podcast that was really heavily focused on the hobby. Yeah. Because there's a lot of content in the podcast um, world of MESBG that focuses on the game. Just the game, yeah. The Strategies, rules. mechanics, um, which is which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The content should be there, right? Like, it's great. Yeah. Like, you want to get an in-depth of how to use this profile and, oh, like, what spells work in what situation. Like, that's all good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But we wanted the to to undertake the audacious task of <laughs> doing a, a visual hobby in, in audio, audio format. format. <laughs> it's the natural... It's a natural fit. When you put it like that. Um, so... That was that was kind of one of the founding principles. We wanted to really champion the hobby. We wanted mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. sure that everything that we did came from a place of 
hobby. You know, even though we're going to tournaments, we're going to tournaments to really um, give us the drive to um, explore things through painting and and modeling. And explore things for us, obviously, because, I mean, that's mainly what you guys hear. But when we meet, like, our opponents um, on the table, like, we want to give them a shot because, look, they've also spent presumably between 10 to 20 hours on their army. Yeah. Right? If they've painted 40 models up, minimum like 20 hours work, maybe more. Yeah. Um, and the same with like all the hobby heroes that we've dished out over the over the year. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good point. I, and I guess to kind of um, go on from that, uh, you know, the, we're obviously following in the footsteps of Antmoot. We make no mm-hmm. um, false claims that this is an original <laughs> we idea <were> first. <laughs> in, in that regard. But we did want to we did want to shine a light on the local Australian scene. Yeah, right? like much like I think we have an understanding of like the 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 UK scene through yeah. through Harry's podcast, even though we're on the other side of the world. Yeah, um, I think yeah. Hopefully, we've exposed. The, the pros and cons of the odd scene. I mean, admittedly, um, we do have a tendency to have similar guests on uh, in high frequency. And I, well, fe- I, I feel like we should say there are more than just Damo yeah, and Jim Keller. more than Damo and Jim. We swear. <laughs> it's just, there's a curse at these tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always versing Damo, you're always versing Jim. Yeah, yeah. So we've just got to ride it out till statistically we... Yeah, till it we... balances out. We don't see Damo for eight tournaments. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, the other thing that I think we really keyed in on or wanted to key on when we started was sort of having a, a good quality yeah. in, a, in the podcast generally. Like we want to have it sort of semi-planned out, semi-thought out and, yeah. and sort of... The big thing for me, and look, despite the fact that our podcasts go for oh, just three to four hours, <laughs> but we wanted to respect like your time, yeah, right. Like again, thank you for listening. Um, but like, as much as just listening to random, you know, absolute waffle for literal couple hours, that's great. You can do that. I've done that before plenty of times. But I think we wanted it to, in a way be as concise as we can get it while f- it's definitely allowing a bit of hot waffle to join in the party. Oh, I, I'm definitely the, the worst offender for going on random tangents, um, but we try and keep those tangents at least uh, peripherally um, relevant to the things that we're discussing. Still relevant. Right? Still relevant. Um, and, Except and that- when Bard didn't have his bow. No, <laughs> not Bard, sorry. Brand? Brand. All right, except when Brand didn't have his bow. Exactly, exactly. That that was the exception to the rule, which proves the rule. Um, no, but it is. It, it's hard. And when we when we first started, we thought, okay, yep, we're going to make these hour long episodes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <so> naively, <laughs> no. um, naivete, full swing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and what we didn't realize was that you know we looked at Entmoot and we're like, oh, Harry can do it in an like half. an hour, Easy. hour and a half. We can do that too. But when you um, have two people, yep. obviously it doubles, doubles. the length. Yeah. Um, so. Um, we, we kind of had to make peace with the fact that we were going to have longer, um, podcasts, but we still put a lot of time into trying to make it as trim and as edited down. Yeah. I was going to say you do, uh, um, peek behind the curtains, Albert, you do all the editing (laughs) or the audio editing. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a bit to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, and, and, and it's time-consuming because, listen, you know, before we release an episode, both you and I have to do a final listen mm, back mm. through. So, like, you think about how long it takes. Basically, it the length of the episode, double that. Times that by two is, yeah, the, time is the editing time. The, the other thing, and you say make peace, I actually think it ends up being okay with how long our episodes end up being. Yeah. All that I care about is that it's not way off yeah. way off topic at any point yeah. or it's not just way out there because to me the length of the episode isn't actually a weakness mm. like I know when I'm listening to certain podcasts I'm like dude if this just keeps going for like three hours I'd be happy yeah. like I'm painting right now I'm yeah, here for yeah. about five six hours yeah. you're fine to keep talking mate yeah. but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously they come to their inevitable conclusion yeah. a little too quick so I actually and hopefully you guys mirror this statement uh I don't mind it. I don't mind that we go for three hours, right? Like, it's fitting, yep. given that we're so hobby-focused that our podcast can be used to help people hobby. Oh, totally. I mean, whenever whenever I get halfway through a, a pod... Like, if I go through a paint session and I uh, finish up for the night, but I've still got half a podcast episode of, mm-hmm. like, a mm-hmm. North of the Shire or Green Dragon or Entmood or whatever the, the podcast is that I'm listening to, I can't wait to get yeah. back to my You're table like, to finish go. Go. Yep. that episode off, right? So, no, completely agree. Um, and so, I mean, on the on that line, I guess, you know, our what we want for our audience is, well, that, that something to listen to while you're hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's really about... Um, making their hobby front and center yeah right like making that uh less of a chore you know so not everyone yeah. loves painting but if yeah. the, if our podcast can help people to view it in a more positive light um then that would be awesome um and and maybe it's just about getting people to think about the hobby in different ways yes right? exactly and, and that's yeah. why i think like I can I can justify the fact that we spend a lot of time talking about painting mm. because we're not necessarily going to teach people how to do the painting, no. but maybe talking about different techniques or things that we're exploring or trying for the first time gives other people the courage to go and try that for the first time themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like you've been banging on about me doing non-metallic metals for yep. nearly a year yep. and you know what it bloody worked and now I really enjoy the torture of non-metallic metals <laughs> never going back <laughs> um, no yeah, well exactly and I think we want to also normalise like going over the top with the hobby I mean yeah, yeah. clearly we do that yeah but it's things like you know display boards like display boards are great Display they boards are, are incredibly immersive when you're literally at a tournament displaying your army like what's better than having a freaking entire display board and yeah. like for photos obviously it's it's much better but it's an, it's another avenue that everyone's allowed to explore that I think sort of waned off at least in Australia for a little while there mm, mm. Um, not that we're single-handedly uh, bringing the rent the renaissance of display boards but <laughs> you know like it's we've noticed them a fair bit more yeah I think so and and I mean ultimately we've talked about this on the podcast before it's all about for me storytelling right mm. and so the yep. the the um, the display board becomes a new avenue for telling the story of your army. Yeah. And um, so much of what we talk about on the podcast is, I think, an extension of storytelling through the hobby. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, that's like all I do. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and that's, for me, I think that's why we um, kind of have, even though we have very different styles and different approaches, 
that we're very aligned in mm. in the in our approach of like storytelling through the hobby and i think that's probably if i were to just like summarize it in one line i think that's it that's good that's a good tagline um i was gonna say do you want to rattle off the email because i'm god awful oh yeah 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 yeah. absolutely so the email that you can reach out to um connect with us is the two towers podcast at gmail.com great i did have it right i just didn't want to risk it because basically um dear listener I mean, we've sort of elaborated, you know, we do spend so much time in the hobby. Mm. We've now sort of created the podcast, which is an additional extension of our hobby. We've changed a bit of what we do, uh, just generally, you know, learning off each other and sort of that sort of stuff. I guess what I want to put out to you guys is after, look, it can even be irrelevant of us, but after listening to us, have you changed your thoughts about the hobby? Have Mm. you changed what you're doing? Mm. How you're doing it? Mm. Um... Are you putting like a little bit more effort into the story? Are you... Yeah, what what else? What else? Like, have you tried a, a different way of hobbying? Like, you know, gone and wrote a super thematic list and then developed kind of your own story around mm-hmm. uh, a new uh, hobby project? Or have you gone to a tournament for the first time? That's the other side of well, it, Well, this right? is true. Sorry. Yeah, we, we keep talking about the hobby, but we're also very much in the, in the league of like a, a tournament experience. Yeah, like, yeah. Were you, dear listener, like a, a non-tournament goer, listened to a few episodes and being like, look, I want to get in on that mm. and jumped in. Like, we'd love to hear the stories behind it, like, and all of it. Like, send us pictures of your army that you've done, um, you know, pictures of the tournament if you attended one for the first time or look, even if it's just got you back into it or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we... Because we've, we've, we've only had a few people reach out in the past and we'd love to get more of a conversation going with the broader community. We had... Um, one person who has reached out, and I hope he doesn't mind me um, using his name, but uh, Wade from uh, Northern New South Wales, he got yep. in contact with us and he was trying to start a slow grow. Ironically, he reached out to us just before we released oh, no way. <laughs> the slow grow episode one, of course. Um, so, um, you know, we had a good kind of back and forth on how we had set up um, the local slow grow not that you and I had set it up mm. but we'd kind of been involved enough in it that we knew yeah. you know what the thinking was behind it and then you know some of the pitfalls just around like points level jumps and that kind of mm. thing so super awesome to have those kind of conversations and we're totally here for that yeah. so you know whether 100%. it's on Instagram reaching out to us there um, or as I said uh, our email which is the two towers podcast at gmail.com um, please let yeah. us know how and, has your hobby changed yeah and I was also going to add on to that uh, and this will lead into our next little segment for this episode we've had um, somebody from New South Wales reach out about like the great Smith and introducing the hobby hero into his tournament yeah yeah which yeah. of course look we're Victoria New South Wales not too far but we're not going to that tournament no. anyway and it would no. cost a lot to make it but I love the idea that um, hobby heroes sort of growing without us you know what i mean completely agree um and he's like requested the the prize as well which yeah. we're happy to dish out a great smith so i think i'll also just put this out air on officially now don't don't you abuse this uh any to listeners out there <laughs> but uh if you guys want uh access to a great smith and uh, want to run a hobby hero at your tournament i think we'll be very open to that idea yeah there may be shipping costs involved for you but yeah 
that's fine. We can we can figure all that out later. We can talk shop with that. We can we can figure out the logistics, but um, I think it would be very cool to um, have that as kind of a, a a standard of hobby achievement. Yeah. Um, regardless of where you are yeah. in the world, like it's um, it's rough because it's kind of been localized in Victoria, but it doesn't yeah. have to be. No, it doesn't doesn't at all. Um, and it would be great to to see that. Um, aspect of tournaments become um, more prevalent. Yeah, you know, 100%. less about first place, more about display boards. All about display boards. First place get nothing. <laughs> yeah, nah, too far, too far. <laughs> Depends who you talk to. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. fine with it because I'm never coming first, so doesn't affect me. Anyway, we've mentioned the great Smith of Xerax Zigil. Shall we talk about how this all came about? <sighs> Let's do it. I'm pretty excited because, I mean, first of all, how did the model come about? How did you even get this ball rolling? So, so and I mo- guess we'll have the, the pictures up on the Insta. In fact, they've been up for a little while. They have been up for a little while. Um, we've, and, and we've got the profile up there. So people will have a familiarity with um, this piece um, already. But... And I think we mentioned it in one of the, the previous episodes, but to go into a little bit more detail, um, I've been a long-time fan, as you all <laughs> would know, of Andrew Medbury, uh, of Medbury Miniatures. Um, I've supported him on uh, Patreon for a very long time, um, and I, for a long time, have been very active on his Patreon Discord. Mm-hmm. So on the Discord there, he's constantly throwing up um, what, is coming it up next. Yeah. Um, doing little sneak peeks, but he also is very interactive. I've not witnessed anyone else that engages so much with his Patreons in terms of like what people want. Oh, brilliant! So yeah. he he puts it to the group, and people kind of give feedback. Often the group will give him the name of different <laughs> models, which is always a fun little mini game yeah, to play. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, I mentioned to him that we had um, this hobby hero of legend um, in the podcast um, and I wanted to do um, some kind of uh, physical prize for it. Mm. And that very quickly snowballed into <laughs> him kind of knocking together a quick mock-up of what a, uh, a Dwarven Smith could be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now the reason that we went with dwarven smith was Mm -hmm. i think you and i both have a fair affinity for the short bearded (laughs) we we do love our cousins (laughs) yeah um but also it was the representation of craftsmanship that's more what i thought you were going for but yeah (laughs) should have led with it (laughs) yeah should have led with it outside you know keller brimbor era elves i think the dwarves really took over and uh, ran with it yeah yeah Yeah. and so that idea of the 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 hobby hero and being this master craftsman this master smith um was what kind of really drove that discussion and so when we when we gave that idea to andrew he basically did most of it off the bat like we didn't really need to give him too much we were like give him a, a smith's apron a black you know an anvil and a big hammer um and away you go and, and then, slot the two towers logo in there somewhere. yeah yeah that's all yeah. we need yeah that's it that's it and and um he got it first go like <laughs> there was no like oh can you just change this or it was all basically oh okay awesome done thanks one look and i'm like yeah that's a, that's the great smith um, we got him and 
And so we um, are eternally grateful uh, to Andrew for having um, done that, that work. Um, I have paid him in the form of a uh, pressure pot. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. For those that don't know, you can convert a paint pressure pot into a, a pressure chamber to cast resin in. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, so cool. he's looking at doing some small batch um, production of some of his miniatures by hand. And so that was the, the exchange that um, <laughs> me and him agreed on for um, uh, services because I wasn't, I wasn't going to use it. But um, the, the, the model itself, I think, um, like we've both painted it up now. Yep. I think it's a fantastic model to, um, to paint up. And as an aside, I think this is really fun. Because this is very much the, you know, for those in Australia, the, the same income, same super contribution, different outcomes. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, it, it's fantastic to see with, and I think it's because it's a model that both you and I had a kind of a hand in creating. Mm. And I had, I don't know if you did, but I had a, like, in my mind, when I saw the, the first kind of renders, and then when we got the test prints... I was like, I could already see how I was going to paint it, mm -hmm. and I knew it, and I knew that yours was going to be completely different. Yeah. Um, but it's fascinating to see that process kind of come to life of, like you say, two different hands painting the same miniature with such a different outcome. Yeah. And I think this is the first time it's been like a literal same miniature. You know, exactly. You've been able to tell our styles apart for sure. Yeah. But now you can like <laughs> freaking yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. And I guess to just kind of close out before we move on to the the profile itself um just to reiterate that um this is a two towers exclusive yes model yeah, 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 yeah. so andrew very kindly has sculpted it us up for us and the only way to get your hands on this model is to be a true hobby hero of legend. true hobby hero of legend so that the, the digital file won't be available um, we, we only, we have access to that, um, and we kind of control the, yeah. the printing of that, um, just to make sure that this model only goes out to those that are true hobby Yeah, heroes. and, all right, and this harkens back to what we had said previously, right? Like, we're happy for this to make it to the greater world. Yeah. You know, we yeah, don't yeah. want it to just live in Victoria. No. Where the meta becomes, everyone's running Great Smith. We want the meta I'd love to worldwide <laughs> for it to be everyone running the Great Smith. <laughs> but um, TOs, please reach out and uh, look. Yeah, I think it would be exciting uh, to offer that as a, as a prize yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. More than happy to, I don't know, in inverted commas, sponsor mm. tournaments mm. Yeah. Um, to, to you know put this forward as part of the prize pool. Um, we even have some shiny certificates to send with the model mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you know what more could you possibly want <laughs> um, so no please do reach out you've you can go on our instagram have a look at the profile have a look at the the, the model if that's something that you want to have at your next tournament get in touch i'm sure we can figure something out yeah exactly so enough about the model yeah, yeah, yeah. let's uh get into the the profile because this was your brainchild wasn't it johnny yeah it, it very much so and i think the moment you know andrew showed me that that prelim yeah um of the model i was like all right i've got a bunch of ideas for this and yeah okay. how can we make it work that's interesting so you because i don't think we've ever actually really talked about it <laughs> no we haven't so first hand the camera um, 
the fact that you you the the profile that you came up with was as a reaction to the sculpt that Andrew did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I mean, there were certain elements that I had to know, like what race they were and and, and of what, course what what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, of course, know? of course. There, there was a base level, but I yeah. guess. It, I, the reason that I bring that up, and I guess we'll get to this once we go through all of the profile, yeah. is that I think that you have very creative, like the the profile really does reflect the model. So yeah, the the profile was essentially top down, seeing the model and then building from there. Okay. Rather than ground up, where I just create something out of nothing, like yeah. it was very much, oh, there's that, let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So Albert. Do you just first of all want to just run us through the profile and then we can do a bit of a breakdown? Yeah, okay, absolutely. I feel like I'm almost on the Green Dragon. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we're going to be very strategic. That's right. very... The Great Smith of Xerak Zigil. Uh, he's 170 points. Mm-hmm. He's a dwarf of mm-hmm. Khazad Doom. Infantry hero, hero of legend. Mm, very fitting. Funnily enough. Now, as all dwarfs, he's uh, move five. Mighty five. Bite six. Four plus, which doesn't really come into it. No. Uh, strength five, defense five. Mm. Interestingly, attacks three, uh, three wounds, courage six, and he's got three, three, three. So three's in all the right places. But there's a little mm, asterisk, little asterisk on the the might on there. the might there. So very importantly, mm. with the great smith, uh, he if you include him in your force, there can be no other named. Dwarven heroes. Mm. Yep. He sits in his own epoch. Uh, he has his own crew. Like, the way I see it, he's in between Durin and Balin. He's doing his own thing. Yep. Uh, his heroic actions, he has heroic resolve, mm-hmm. strike, and strength. Mm. Because have you seen his guns? Dude is yoked. <laughs> Dude's been smithing his whole life, man. He's Popeye. Like, one arm is very clearly hefting that hammer. Uh, speaking of hammers, his war gear is a hand and a half hammer. He's also got an axe and an enchanted anvil. Cheeky enchanted anvil. What's all that about? Mm. Well, the anvil uh, grants the great smith a plus two to his defense uh, when any enemy model is making a shooting attack against mm. him. Mm. Cheeky defense seven. Yeah. So importantly, uh, crossbows beware, um, and great bows as well. Uh, and in addition. The Enchanted Anvil also grants uh, resistant to magic. Um, so, all round, a good little defensive buff to mm. the smith there. Mm-hmm. Now, he has some special rules, Jordy. Mm. He's got some big ones. He's got some big ones. So, let's talk about the first one. Uh, legendary Hero. So, this is the same rule that Aeol the Young. Aeol the Young, yep. So, essentially, first time each term that the uh, Dwarven Smith expends a point of might... Roll a d6 on a 4 plus, you get the might for free. Yep. So it's handy. Um, especially in dwarven armies, which I think traditionally have the lower end they of might They do tend to yeah, have the low might. The important thing with Legendary Hero, which I only found out semi recently when Kylie was talking about her AOL, it's each time you expend a point of might. That can include the dice roll manipulation, which most oh. other freebie, like the, you know, the Taskmaster or. They don't quite get that. that so, is interesting. might manipulation, you can get it back on the four up. Yeah, okay. That's very handy to know. Okay. But that's not all, dear listener. No. This, this, is, this pro- is the big one. This is the real one, right? So, um, a Smith's first love. So, 
basically you have a decision to make with the Dwarven Smith each turn. Um, during the move phase, uh, at the end of the Great Smith uh, move, if he has not engaged in combat, so he has not charged or subsequently been charged himself, he may choose to spend a point of might to strike the anvil. When the anvil is struck, choose one of the following. Mm -hmm. Wait to strike till the iron is hot. At the start of the fight phase, all friendly Khazad-dûm warriors within three inches gain a plus one to their defense characteristic until the end of that turn. End of turn. Very good. So it will impact shooting importantly? Yes. Yep. Very good. Very good. Uh, or alternatively, make it hot by striking. At the start of the fight phase, all friendly Khazad warriors within three inch gain a plus one to wound until the end of the turn. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I know which one I would use as a brash <laughs> dwarven commander. Um, no, but it, it's it's a fantastic set of rules. Now, I want to pick your brains on a couple Before of things. Before we do go oh, on, yes. though, should we yes. take a note of that? We should take a note of that. The designer's note at the bottom of the profile, which states um, that this profile is a living document. Yep. And in yep. fact, Subject at the time change. of recording, this is actually version two. Well, in fact, I've picked up on something that's missing. So by the time we release this episode, there will be a version three. Version three. And that's it. <laughs> Uh, we operate to our own time scale, so we can update this on... Whatever we want. Whatever we want. Um, but uh, we, we also reiterate that um, we're going to make this tournament legal in any Two Towers yep. tournaments, and we welcome any TO yeah. um, to make it tournament legal in their tournaments yeah, as yeah. well. Because otherwise we're just going to get flooded with eight great smiths at every Two Towers tournament, which will be great. Uh, to be honest, I'd love it. It'll just lead to a lot of board stalls. So everyone else in Victoria who's a TO, you know, you don't have to. You certainly can always say no, given that this is a essentially a fan-made profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but and feel free to. Feel free to. Like, yeah. I think it would be terrific to have this guy rocking about. And between you and me, he's very deliberately a little overcosted. And... And he's very... So, what I want to talk about is the fact that this hero, uh, he forces you to make decisions mm. in the way that you are going to use him. So, um, so I, I think I will start by saying what's missing in our current rendition. Yeah, sure. So it, will be, sure. It, it will exist in the real one. He is supposed to be burly. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he yeah. essentially gets the plus one to wound and can carry heavy objects whenever that comes into play. All on his lonesome because he's so strong. On top of the hefty anvil that he's also lugging around. Well, good news, the anvil's enchanted. It <laughs> follows him around. Of course, of course. Um, no, but the, the, the interesting thing that I, I really love about this um, profile is that you have to make a decision as to whether this guy is going to be wading through the lines, killing things, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or hanging back and supporting things. So, yep. what was your thinking? Because the special rules basically only go off if he's not in combat, right? Basically correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of his move, if he's able... If he is able to move, and uh, at the end of his move, if he doesn't charge, he is able to strike the mm. anvil. So, it's much like a spell. It's like magic. It's yeah. like magic. So, a caster can only cast if they're able to move. Yep. Um, obviously, it's different to magic. He... Isn't allowed to engage in combat. Um, yeah, the idea was this guy's such a brawler. Yeah. Um, fight six, three attacks, strength five, and burly, importantly. Um, he's killing whatever he touches. Yeah. But what if you don't need to like remove one chaff orc, but instead you want to 
you know, Don support to, well, a three-inch bubble, which can get between, like, six and seven dwarves. Mm. Um, and, like, depending on what you take, like, if you get Vault Wardens, you, you can increase that number. Or if you get, like, Iron Guard, it can be, more, like, more prolific, the fact that they're altered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Kazard Guard as well. Like, if you've got Kazard Guard that are going two-handed, piercing, striking. Like, if you've got a Balrog to take down, for example. He could definitely help with the Balrog. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, yeah, so I wanted that, that push-pull of, he's a bruiser. But if you want to capitalize on his bruising, you don't get his buff. But yep. if you want the buff, you don't capitalize on the bruising. Yeah. So there's that dynamic of what do I pick? But then even beyond that, there's a dynamic of if I am striking the anvil, what am I picking? Yeah. Does the plus one defense, like do I just absolutely need to hold this corridor? Yeah. Or like you said, is there some insane hero that you've just got to absolutely beat down? Yeah. So like, you know, I'm just picturing like AMS charge, two Kazards. You know, strength five, and he looks like he's going to call a heroic combat. All right, jump behind, strike the anvil, bump the defense, mm-hmm. and now I need sixes to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, del- like entirely pin AMN now instead yeah. of him combating and running off. Yeah. Or like you've said, there's, let's just say, I don't know, a Mordor troll. You've got three dwarves on him, but the smith can't get in. Run behind, ping, strike the anvil, plus one to wound. Yeah. Suddenly they're winning the troll on like fives and fours. Which yeah, yeah. can be the difference between killing a three wound model and not. Definitely, definitely. The other interesting interaction as well that I really like is um, the fact that that special rule requires the consumption of resources. Well, yes. But there's an inbuilt way of potentially mm-hmm. getting that back, right? So you got to roll a dice. Very much so. It's and that's right. So I mean, first of all, I did want a Mike Caddy in a dwarf army. Yeah. And this guy can be a Mike Caddy. Yeah. You know. With the four ups, you can get as many as like five to six might, mm-hmm. which is great. Yep. You, you can't flash spend it. No. It needs to be a slow burn, which is perfect for, for dwarves, mm. right? They're in no rush. Mm. They're defense seven. They're not dying anytime soon. So I like the fact that the army lets him, you know, sort of spend it slowly. Mm. But yeah, on top of that, the fact that doing this strike costs might. Yeah. Like it doesn't cost will. Yeah. Will's so easy to throw away yeah, if you're yeah, not versing yeah. a Nazgul or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It doesn't cost fate. I mean, because why would it? It costs might, which yeah. is a serious resource. Um, look, obviously on a four up, you get it for free. But on a three down, you don't. Exactly. It's 50-50. You can't just like throw this around like it's nothing. Yeah. So you have to treat it seriously. Mm. But you still get to use it and not feel bad. Mm. You know, you still get mm. to go, this is important. Mm. I'm going to use it. And I'm aware that I'm probably losing might. Mm. But obviously on the off chance you don't, you don't. And you get to keep keep running with it. And that legendary hero obviously isn't just related to the, the Smith, the Fist Smith's first love. He can just freaking call a heroic combat and the off chance just keep going. Like get that might back. And and like we said, we can also now well now I know, we get to do dice manipulation and potentially yeah. just rock that might back. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one because like like you say if it was Will, it, you, you've got no skin in the game yeah. a lot of the time. You like chuck it. Exactly, exactly. So might makes you really think about it, but then the chance to potentially <laughs> get it back. For all the gamblers out there, oh, I, I would love not it. suggest playing I this love profile. It. I love it, I love it, I love it. No, it's really cool. It's really cool. And then, so in terms of the, the anvil itself, because we yes. talked about this quite a bit around how does this anvil 
interact and it was it was probably the when we were designing it with andrew it was the the main kind of brief point is like this guy needs to have have an anvil anvil and it needs to fit on a 25 mil base yeah that was that was the crux of it right so talk us through because this has again gone through a bit of an evolution in terms of how the anvil interacts yeah um so what were your thoughts well the anvil was perfect because when i was doing up this smith, I didn't want him to have a high defense. Yeah. He's a dwarf in an apron. Yeah. He's not supposed to be a tank. But I also kind of didn't want him, given that dwarves are all defense six, seven, and eight, right? Given having a defense five hero, well, obviously every single bow in the world is going to shoot him. Mm. And I didn't want that feel bad moment of elves calling one heroic accuracy and killing the great smith in one turn, yeah. 10 bows. Because <laughs> 170 like, points gone. Thanks for coming. It just. It didn't. It doesn't feel right to no. me. But good news was I was able to keep him at a low defense. Right, yeah. he is weak to chip damage off troops yeah. in combat. Yeah. He is weak to chip damage from yeah, friggin' a, a loose, I don't know, full damage thing. You know, <laughs> like he's weak to those small strikes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's certainly not. Um, like you're saying, like he's a bruiser, but he's not a tank. No. Like, no. he can punch very hard, but equally, if he fluffs a combat, he's in real trouble. Well, and that's what I wanted. I wanted him to be susceptible to just getting a random stab. Yeah. Because, look, he's not wearing anything, man. No. Like, like every other dwarf, he's just chock with 10-inch thick armor. He's like, no, I just got my apron, bro. Yeah. But, again, I wanted to alleviate that shooting weakness. Yeah. And yeah. so, the anvil actually ended up being a little blessing in disguise because it's like, well, here we go. Here's this, like, defensive bulwark between him and the enemy. Yeah. Um, so the anvil initially was just an extra in the way. Yes. But that just, to me, ended up being more dice rolled for yeah. the same effect as what we've got now. Yeah. Um, so instead, he essentially gained, you know, like the pavise for the arbalesters, just that plus two defense to shooting. Yeah. Nice and easy. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense. And the other part to it, which I really like, is the fact that it's a piece of war gear. Yes. So it yes. is you can turn it off, you can shatter it, um, and there's ways around it. So it's not just and and then you open him up to being completely susceptible to shooting. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and then on top of the defensive element to shooting, I also wanted it to I wanted the smith to not be susceptible to magic. Yeah. Like this dude's as old as time, yeah. and he he's stubborn is what I wanted to get across. But also he imbues like like artifacts of <laughs> unimaginable power <laughs> yeah so I didn't want him to just be for an Nazgul to just in two turns have full Transmix. control over this dude yeah, yeah, yeah. so I wanted resistance and magic in there and now this is uh, Kylie did a bit of um, help with this profile as well like in yeah. the back and forwards she uh, suggested hey put the resistance and magic with the anvil and I was like look that's perfect yeah as opposed to being baked into the Just profile. baked into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was happy yeah. with because the concept is like he's too stubborn to get spells. But I was like, okay, okay. The anvil can be like a source of power in a way. You yeah. know, much like Sauron imbues his, you know, soul into the ring and stuff like that. This smith has spent so much time banging away on this anvil that, you know, part of him's just jumped, you know, jumped yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that he... He's essentially... He's very brittle. Yeah. But he's very defensive overall. Like he can die to three troops trapping it, yeah. But he, you know, he's not weak to magic. He's not weak to shooting. He and he'll 
smash whatever he hits. I really like the the concept as well. Just thinking about the list as a whole, how this model perhaps pairs with the um, shield bearer. Like mm. I just feel like there's this great synergy between those two. Just not not even between the profiles as much as just that idea of having a sworn protector that kind of follows him around because he yeah. is a bit fragile, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that idea that the free heroic combat to go and help save the the mm. dwarf smith because it's like protect the smith at protect all costs. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. Like there's so much, there's so, and and again, like the the shield bearer is a model that never gets any run. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's because you know Balan's a bit of a tank, and and Durin obviously untouchable, and he's only a minor hero, and mm. that's the other thing. Like yeah, getting yeah. getting troops into a list is difficult sometimes at different points levels, and by the Smith being a hero of legend, being able to take that full so eighteen, yeah, it kind of balances it out. But um, enough about those those synergies. Is there anything else on the profile that you really like? Were specific on like heroic actions? Did you? Yeah, good question, because yes, um, like I've already mentioned, I didn't want him to to be basically strong against like uh, an attempt at a flash kill or whatever. Like, the you dude didn't want to give him heroic defense. I didn't want to, basically, yes, I didn't yeah. want to give him heroic defense. Yeah. I don't think it suits. No. You know, like this dude, he's a stubborn, grumpy little dude hammering away. There's nothing defensive about him. No. So I didn't want to give the model a weakness. And then take it away by yeah. throwing heroic defense on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but obviously, I think he, he deserves to be able to strike. Yep. And that sort of stubbornness obviously translates into heroic resolve. Yep. And the fact that the dude's a freaking smith his whole life. Heroic strength is a, is a gimme. Yeah, Look, yeah, yeah. You might use it at some stage. You know, heroic strength I've seen used every now and again, actually, in the past couple of tournaments, and it's done some good it's stuff. It's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. There are some corner cases where it does really come into it. And... Again, I feel like with his, uh, his, yeah. So here's a question that I have, mm -hmm. right? So he strikes his anvil mm -hmm. at the end of his move. Mm -hmm. Subsequently, he is charged. Mm -hmm. Does the buff apply to him or just those around him? No, I mean, this is very important wording. Um, the buff only applies to warriors. Full stop. Very good. Full stop. So an example is I did not want the king's champion to get plus one to wound. Yeah, that's right. That's or, or in your or in your example, the shield bearer, yeah, like he true. gets the double dip. <laughs> true, true. I didn't true. want that. Yeah, I did yeah, not yeah. want. Yeah. And the the early examples that I think Kylie mentioned was the Smith buffing like a Durin. Oh, now, good news. They the plan from the start. They were never going to be in the same shall army. Never, never yeah, never shall the twain meet. I never wanted him to buff yeah. heroes. So that's another thing that I think is important about him is the fact that he's more of a warrior buffer. Than I think some of the other dwarf heroes. Yeah. Obviously, Durin gives Hearthguard a buff in a way, in a very direct way, and has the Warhorn. Yeah. But what I like is that he cares, uh, the Scrape Smith, he cares about warriors. Yeah. Just as much as anyone. Like their weakness is their strength three, but they're cheap as chips as far as dwarves are concerned. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can fill those gaps. And I think he has particular synergy with the Iron Guard and the Vault Wardens. Yeah. 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 Um, so he can, you know, fill the gaps and the weaknesses. I like can give the you know, guard that defense seven that they've craved. Yeah. Or you can give yeah. the Vault Wardens the plus one to wound where you're able to apply two attacks. Yeah. Into the one combat where yeah, you... Yeah, yeah, So, I like that he's... And that's of... always the thing that has been lacking with Dwarves is that you've got the staying power. Yeah. Specifically the Dwarves of Kazadu. Um, but to inflict that that pain mm. is very difficult. Mm. And especially if your heroes whiff. Well, right? 
and it's a pinpoint sort of precision. Like you can get your dwarves in a line, and if you hunk it in like a, a three inch wide, you know, um, choke point, you just sometimes can't break it. Yeah, and hopefully the smith can help with that. Yeah, um, and we talked about the enchanted anvil being part of the war gear, but he also has the hand and a half hammer and axe. So what yeah. was the thinking there? Yeah, I mean. The the hand and half hammer obviously is the one that he's freaking rocking. Yeah. And the fact that he's burly just gives him that plus one. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, everyone knows, hopefully at this point, I have a bit of a gripe with special strikes. As far as I'm concerned, that axe should be a master crafted axe. Okay. Because he's the great smith. Yeah. But what I do not want to see is the great smith piercing striking. Yeah. yeah and getting yeah. plus one to wound. So... Sorry, team. He has a regular axe, which thematically kills me. But my hatred of special strikes has overridden that. You know, it's taken precedence. Oh, I love the I love the internal turmoil that goes it kills into me. that decision. It should be mastercrafted. I I mean the other thing to note as well is you know we we've called it a hand and a half hammer, but it's a fairly uh, it's a fairly stout hammer. It's a stout hammer. Um, but the, the intent there is that the force with which oh, yeah. that, that yeah, hammer yeah. is applied... It's a one-handed hammer, but it feels like a two-handed. <laughs> it feels like a freight train coming yeah. down. Um, hence hence the, the labelling is the hand and a half hammer. Um, and then the last thing is just the points. I hinted that I think it's slightly overcosted, and I, that's very deliberate because I don't want him to be a menace. No. Right? Could, I mean, this is fan-made. We could make him 100 points if we wanted. Yeah. But, like, it's just... Obviously, we're not going to. I want him to be fun and yeah. exciting to play with and against, but I just don't want him to be oppressive. The last thing that we would want is for somebody to look across the other side of the table and go, oh, God, the bloody great Smith of Xerix Zagil again. Are you kidding? I've played eight of them again today, already he's, he's today. He's overpowered. He's too strong. He's the new meta. But, having said that, if, um, if you play against him and do you have any feedback... This is true. Yep. Um, as we referenced when I was reading out the profile, it is a living profile. So please write in to the two towers podcast at gmail.com yep. Yep. or Instagram or however um, you want to do it to tell us what were your experiences yep. like uh, play testing, playing in tournaments, playing in, you know, just casual play. I'd love to hear. Yeah. Versing it, using it, whatever. If you, if, if you felt it was oppressive, let us know. If you used it and it was underwhelming, let us know. Like, it's all good. Like, whatever whatever you found. Um, the more numbers we get on it, the better we can adjust. Yep. Like, very specifically, we want this to be a living document. We yep. want him to change. Yeah. Um, and I guess on that note, also reach out uh, before any tournament to get the latest <laughs> yeah, <laughs> updates as well. FAQs. <laughs> FAQs, everybody. Um, very good. No, it's it's been um, so nice to have this kind of this whole process of almost in my mind legitimizing what was kind of a throwaway segment when we first did it. Like mm. when we first came up with Hobby Hero, it was like, well, we wanted it to be important. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was throwaway in the sense that it was a bit of a joke that there was no prize in that regard. Yeah, but the segment was important to us. The segment was <laughs> was was fundamental. Um, but we did have a little bit of a joke running that the only thing we had was a piece of paper yeah. with a pithy one liner on it about, yeah. um, you know, earning yourself a trip to Middle Earth. Um, but 
it's great to be able to sit here and talk about an actual tangible yeah. um, prize that I think is actually worth doing some serious hobby to try and win. Oh, yeah. Look, if I wasn't part of the Two Towers podcast and didn't have one already, I'd be gunning for it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that about covers it. Uh, so I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. I think we got everything we wanted to say out there. You know how we said that we wanted to have like an hour-long episode? I think this, did it. this might be it. This might be Maybe it. a little under. Might be. Might be. With that said, dear listener, until next we are together, have fun hobbying. And have fun gaming. See, See you later. later.